0: It's the Cavaliers Basketball Club Podcast. It's
1: basketball time in the queue.
0: Love picks up Curry.
1: Irie Irving from downtown. <laughs> up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. It's over. It's over. The
2: 52-day is <laughs> over. The Cavaliers <laughs> have won the NBA championship.
0: Cleveland, this is for you. Sexton works on Irving. Hey.
2: He down! As he takes
1: time! Allen to Jarlin, one second left from mid-court. Oh.
0: Oh, oh! oh, 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 oh. oh, and a rejection by Mobley! And he throws the hammer down. The shoot-around.
1: Well, Colin, this is it. We are truly entering the home stretch of the season. The Cavs have dropped to 7th in the East and are looking to get a few more wins to avoid the play-in.
2: Yeah, since we last talked, we have only won one game against Orlando. Injuries of course have been an issue with Mobley now having an ankle sprain.
0: For the first time since LeBron, the Cavs secured a winning season with their 42nd win against Orlando. However, the team has only won 11 games since February 1st. What is the path back to more consistent winning?
2: This is such a loaded question because the team has been so decimated by injuries. And I think really the clearest path back is health. They still have a very talented roster and they know how to play basketball. And JB is still a good coach. It's just they have bodies with Evan Mobley now getting injured and with Allen's still out, and the fact that Dean Wade is now out for the season, they've just lost so many players and so much talent. Last week, we talked about how the team has so much chemistry and that JB is in tune with this team and knows how to tap into them, and that's so difficult to do that when, even when they played the Mavericks last night, Moses Brown is starting because, again, Mobley is out. So Moses hasn't even started for the Cavs in ever. You know, he's this he's only on the right. second stint of a 10-day contract. So the team does not gel well right now when they're playing. The one caveat that I would add is it is the home stretch as you talked about at the beginning of the pod and that kind of means that Everybody else who isn't injured really needs to step up. Garland has been playing extremely well. Levert finally scored over 30 last night. But even last night with the Mavericks, Kevin Love didn't really show up. So the team, when they do have healthy guys, they need everybody to show up at one time. So even Lamar Stevens, he's having career numbers right now. When he is scoring well, Love or Jetty are off that night. Or Love will have an output, and then kind of the vice versa will happen. So the team needs to have a collective understanding that they are in playoff mode right now. And I know that's difficult when bodies are down. But I would almost say to get more consistent wins, Garland has to get closer to 35 points a night. We know that Karras can put up 42-48. He did that against the Lakers before he got traded to us. So we need to see right. that out of him. We need to see high and scoring. The, the way the Cavs beat the Warriors back in 2016 was when Kyrie and LeBron scored over 40 points each. So that's kind of the level or the caliber that we need out of these players right now I'm not saying that – I'm a fan. We're both fans. I'm not saying that, like, I'm down on them. It's just, to me, that's the path I see. I'm certainly down on the situation. I
1: I don't think I have to be down on the players uh, individually or even collectively. I'm just very much down that this season was uh, titled Let Them Know. Yeah. For a a reason. And I think the Cavaliers organization – That was some of the best marketing that they had done in years. They knew exactly Mm -hmm. what this season was going to mean for this team, even knowing that they had what looked like and turned out to be the hardest record to start off the first part of the year. And again, what we've talked about most recently that I think is, is the glue that's now missing the most from what made us successful in the beginning of the year is defense. Yeah, I do agree with you that high output scoring is what we're going to need to do because right now it's the home stretch. There's only seven, eight games left. The teams are all vying for their positions because the East is extremely tight. And you've got people that are, like you mentioned, far more healthier and put together than we are. And they're going to just jam it down our throats if they can and the only thing that to me you can really do you can't get out into a shooting match with that because we're also tired. It's the end of the season and we're playing guys that honestly sometimes I look out on the court and I forget who that player is because they're so mm-hmm. new to the team. And that's very scary when from a fan's perspective from the team's perspective that this late in the year you're you're relying on guys that you know the fan base barely knows. Clearly, those guys barely know each other on the court, like you mentioned. They have no chemistry right now with each other. So because of that, I'm down on the situation for sure. Three or four podcasts have gone by since I said that it would be a disappointment if we didn't make the playoffs. And now I think that it's very possible that we won't. Um, I think that we're going to continue to lose the remaining games we have left. Uh, maybe more so than win any of them. And in that regard, we're going to need every team around us to also play poorly, and they're, they're not right now. Um, this is classic Cleveland sports, which I don't know why you and I continue to, to be in love with a Cleveland <laughs> team because we know that this is always going to end in heartbreak. But it's because we're loyal, right, and we, we love right. our organization. But at the end of the day... We're looking at another sad story of what could have been and all you can really point to is dumb luck. Uh, there's mm-hmm. there's nothing else, not even dumb luck, bad luck. Horrible, yeah. horrible luck. Two meniscus tears, a fractured finger on your centers, you know, hand. You've got four players on the team now that we have to consistently use every night and they just joined the team less than a month ago. We're yeah. we're reeling. And trying to remain some type of whole before this all ends. And I don't know. I don't know if we can. That's what it is. I'm trying to remain optimistic. But like you said, certain players have to step up. And the idea that Garland is going to average 35. And, you know, he's already done such an amazing job. Somebody else has to step up. Markkinen. um, Mm. Okoro. You know, these guys have to start producing 20-point nights, 25-point nights on a more consistent basis. Yeah,
2: Markkinen is playing well, but at the same time he's playing well in the sense of like a holistic game. He's producing, but it's, you're right, he needs to... I completely agree with you. Defensively is where we've always hung our hat, especially at the beginning of the season. I'm thinking if if we can get marquen is a great example a guy like that too if he dropped 35 points more than likely we would win one or two more games if he was able to drop a 35 burger just because of the fact that you're still thinking that lavert and garland and hopefully love is getting some stuff off the bench so that as a team the output is just a little bit more It's just a larger output. But I'm also... You know, this is why we have these conversations. I feel like I'm definitely a little crazy right now because I sit there and watch Garland and Garland's playing 40 minutes a night. I mean, he is is busting his butt and it's... I say this stuff still understanding that they're still a very young team and for me to sit here as a fan and be like, you got to do more is, you know, that's, that's also very Clevelander of me, but I, I am also very empathetic because there's not, that's just me thinking about how they could maybe steal a win or two.
1: Well, I don't think it's wrong for you to expect more in this situation because this team is loaded with talent mm-hmm. and even somebody like Markkanen, why is he here? Mm -hmm. Because the Chicago Bulls decided that he didn't live up to their expectations of what his talent can provide. And when he even Mm -hmm. came here, he was saying Mm -hmm. that he was looking forward to another opportunity to prove himself. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of ways, yeah, he's been very impressive playing the three. I think he's, you know, this year has been him trying to figure out where his role is. And with so many, uh, you know, like distributors and things being out like Sexton, I understand why Markkinen took some time to figure that out. But at this stage in the season, I do want to see him averaging about twenty to twenty five a night. And some nights he's getting there. Yeah. But that's on that's on games that he's scoring, you know, one from one of six from three mm-hmm. or one of nine from three. Yeah. You know, okay, you're getting your points marking in, but you're shooting like crap that night, which means yeah. that you left points out there. It doesn't matter that you scored a lot, you were less of a of a positive for your team in that regard. Mm-hmm. They need to be high-efficiency scorers, like you mentioned. And that means not only shooting a lot, but making a lot of those shots. And even a few nights ago, they came out into the game and immediately missed their first, like, four or five threes. Yeah. And and they've been falling in love with the three-point shot, which this team Mm -hmm. used to be more of an inside team. And since losing Allen and now Mobley,
2: they don't know what to do. They just look lost out there together. Yeah. I am encouraged by some more of the play of, of some of the younger guys in Lamar and Dylan Windler. That's still, I think coming in moments where JB is not sure he really doesn't have any other option. You know, Goodwin Mm -hmm. has played pretty poorly in this recent stretch. So, that's why you're seeing windler get more time as well as you know jetty's been up and down so i think mm-hmm. jb is at a point where he's the leash is just super short but i think that that's tough because if you're swapping guys in and out every other night that can kind of add to some chemistry issues as well so the team's in a weird spot and the cleveland fan base they their, their luck is not great, and I do think we are dealing a little bit with that, cool, yep, no, the Cavs had an awesome season, and it might end with them possibly not even getting into the play-in, which is so, so frustrating because the people of the organization and the players for sure deserve better. You and I do. I don't know about any other fans, but you and I do.
1: Flirting with number one just a month ago, and now we may not even make the playoffs. I know that it's tight right now in the East, but this is not because it's tight. It's because we've lost the core of what makes our team, and it's sitting on the bench you know, in street clothes every night. Yeah. But I will say, because you mentioned something positive, and I'll drop something positive as well, every night I smile more and more that Stevens gets more playing time, and uh, a lot of what we were hoping – He'd be able to prove if he got that time. He's been, he's been showing. So I kind of think that they have something to think about in the off season, about what they want to do with him because I think Akuro doesn't necessarily need to move back to the three in any way. I mean, they could use him in certain matchups, sure. But now that you know that Stevens is the solid defender and even shooter that he can be at the three, you've got a solid backup for Markin right there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you know, you took a big chance on a guy that really nobody took a chance on. So I would think he'd be loyal to you. You should be loyal
2: to him. I, I love that you and I hit on Lamar. I think he's a guy that deserves it. And I took my cue from Austin Carr because every time you would see Stevens on the court last year with all those injuries – Carr just kept bringing up how things just happen when he's on the floor that are positive. You know, he gets a block or a steal or all of a sudden they go on a run. And Lamar is turning that into something even bigger, which I don't think I really even expected. I wasn't expecting him to to average double digits in this stretch. I wasn't expecting his efficiency in this stretch. I was, I was expecting his energy and his attitude to be contagious on the floor, which it is. But the fact that he's still productive as well is just like that little extra cherry on top. And it's kind of it's also selfishly validating for why we even started this podcast, because you and I can still pick out and and choose dudes who we think are are a little bit better than than the rest of the NBA thinks.
0: Kevin Love now has over 1,003 pointers for the Cavs. He is second all-time behind LeBron. This is a remarkable achievement. Did you ever think LeBron and Love would be side-by-side in the Cavs record book?
1: For this particular record, no. Not necessarily, but I think it. my answer might surprise you. It's not so much... Anything about Kevin Love? It's about LeBron. I'm surprised that LeBron has become the consistent three-point shooter that he's been. He never really became a great three-point shooter. He's had a couple of seasons that he's flirted with 40%, um, but for the most part, he's usually floating around 34 to 36% from three. Whereas Kevin Love has averaged, you know, around 42% much of his career makes a lot of sense that a guy that shoots it better and and the twilight of his career now basically only shoots threes that he would catch up to what LeBron did. Um, and so they they're, they're going to share this this accolade for sure. Love may even retire a Cavalier. I mean, we've talked a lot about the possibilities of how he could be moved and what teams would would need him. But he's certainly becoming a solid bench player for the Cavaliers. And if he feels that he wants to stay in that role, and he's willing to take a decent pay cut when he renegotiates his contract after next year, then maybe we keep him, and he just ends up playing longer than LeBron did here. He's got three more seasons, and he'll achieve that. So, um, but no, I'm not, I'm not surprised that they show this record because of Love, not so much LeBron. LeBron, to me, especially as a Cavalier, there were so many nights. I mean, how many times did we see him pass off to a lesser player to shoot a three when they needed it because he even knew that wasn't the best thing for him to do? Danielle Marshall, any of those guys, Sasha Pavlovich, people that they didn't end up being better three-point shooters than LeBron. Yeah, I did. I got got the (laughs) name right, right? Or am I making a name up? (laughs) Yeah, that was a player,
2: right? Yeah, no. yeah, we were wrong about him. Yeah,
1: we were wrong about Sasha Pavlovich. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we, we, well, for all the times we've been right, we've been wrong a few times too. Um, wishful thinking, but no. Overall, uh, I think that this is a great achievement for Kevin, and he would have reached it a lot sooner if he had actually played in the la- you know, a decent amount of games in the last four or five seasons. The fact that he's only averaged a- about. 35 to 40 games because he's had two seasons where he didn't even play more than 25 games those seasons he's been riddled with injury not out on the court not able to shoot those shots you know he he would have he would have been there by now so
2: yeah I completely agree with your take I was always concerned about LeBron shooting especially when he first came into the league because he would do this weird lean back let me look like Vince Carter mixed with Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan pose. Yeah, he was always posing for those three point shots. He wasn't really understanding yet how he needed to put an arc. I mean, some of those shots were super flat. So I agree. I I didn't ever think LeBron would be number one and three point mix for the Cavs. And you're right. Love is love. That has become Love's game, is the outside shot. He's extremely good at it. He's very efficient. And I wouldn't be surprised if he does become number one, if he does stay on the team for a couple more years, just because he is so efficient. And if he he can hit a few in a row and just kind of keep keep those numbers going up. So I completely agree. I've, I've always felt that Love for sure could be a leader in that capacity but it surprised me that LeBron became the number one now do
1: you think Kevin Love could lead this team in in any capacity you know obviously leading from the bench but lead this team to another ring and end up with two championships over LeBron have two with the Cavs and LeBron have one do you think that's
2: possible I would think he could do that if he was a player coach in the sense of I don't know if Love would take that big of a pay cut after this contract. So, you know, he's here next year, but then after that, I don't think the Cavs would pay him a ton of money to stay. So if the Cavs want to win next year, I'm cool with that and that would be uh that would be awesome. They're very talented. Well, Kevin Love is
1: how old? He is 33. Yeah. And he will be 34 this year in September. So, I'm going to say that he is past any kind of prime. And the Cavs if they know how to come in and be great, you know, tactful, graceful with how they put it, I think he's been saying it all season long. You know what? I've discovered that my place, especially on this team, is on the bench. That I can provide the most from a veteran's perspective and that somehow I woke up and became an old-timer in this league all Mm -hmm. of a sudden. And he was even talking about that when Rubio was here. The, hey, man, all of a sudden we're the steely vets, you know, and we've got to get these guys to you know, go out there and and do the effort that we put in when we were their age. And uh, it is kind of crazy. I mean, we're older than all these guys. (laughs) But Kevin Love is drastically looking a lot older than us. (laughs) So Mm. I don't know how much time is left for Kevin in the league. And I don't know how much anybody's going to give him some big contract when his current contract is up. I think the biggest payday he just made. So we'll see. I, I think there's room there, if you can be tactful with how you put it, to say, hey, man. Spend the next two, three seasons that are probably the end of your career here with this team, and let's get another ring.
2: Yeah, kind of like Udonis Haslin down in Miami. Yeah, I think that's a great comparison.
1: The final seconds.
0: Karras has moved into the starting lineup in the last few games. Are you happy with his play?
2: Not Really? I'm happy with his play against Dallas, but he it still came on the heels of being in offensive situations where the offense got really herky-jerky and kind of iso ball. I know that's his style of play, and it worked against Dallas because he scored 32 points, but in the other games, he's doing that and he's not making his shots. And in contrast, when he first came over in the trade, he was really looking to pass first in a lot of offensive sets, and I'm not really seeing that now in, in his starting play. Mm. He's not really looking to find guys as much. And I really was hoping that he would be gelling a little bit more. But again, as you and I have mentioned, injuries, right? You know, he... He got hurt after the all-star break. So I think that chemistry is off. I like his style of play. I like who he is as a player. And I like that he can alleviate the stress for Garland, but I'm a little frustrated with his, his lack of consistency right now. What do you think? Yeah. Very, very similar thoughts. The, um,
1: Right now, he's, he's shooting 42% from the field and 34% from three. Uh, that's up from on three, but down on his regular shooting, and he's averaging about 14 points a game, which is about five points less than what he was averaging for the Pacers coming in. So we really need those five points right now. Yeah. I see a guy that, to be fair, yeah, how are you, you going to gel with players that you haven't had any chance to really have any consistency with? On top of that, you're still learning the playbook. You're still learning what the coaching staff wants from you. I see a guy out there that sometimes looks a little lost running around, not necessarily as smooth within the play structure as the other guys that have been there. And now that he's out there with two or three newer players that also haven't been there, our offensive sets have looked very messy. And it's one of the reasons why we're scoring 15 points and a quarter lately uh, more consistently. So Karras has been a part of that issue, and he's got to figure out how to digest the playbook and become a bigger part of this team ASAP.
0: Garland has recorded a double-double in 10 of his past 13 games. Should he be a most improved player candidate?
1: I often feel that the most improved player is typically for somebody that really fell off the ledge and is somebody that nobody really thought could come back. I don't think anybody ever thought that Garland underperformed to that degree. And last season, I think we were already starting to see that he was going to possibly take the steps that he did this year. It's been wonderful that he's gone as far as he has, though. He surprised me. We've talked about that. But most improved player candidate? No. I would almost give that to Love on our team, or um, who else would maybe get it on our personal team? Maybe even Laurie in some regards, but I haven't looked at it that closely. To say that he's the most improved player in the league, maybe statistically, yeah, it's amazing the
2: leap that he's taken, but just the way that I think of the award, no. In looking at the rest of the league, you know, guys like Miles Bridges have taken a bigger leap than Garland, but I almost would put Garland above him only because Garland has become more of a maestro than I thought he would be, and mm. he lost his, what we thought was going to be his running mate really early on in the season, and then on top of that, lost arguably you know his best mentor since he's joined the league in Ricky Rubio, so I think that Garland has had a lot of things that he's had to deal with, and so that's why I would put him as most improved because he's done all that and made his game more holistic and fit better with the rest of the squad. His floater game where he's able to take over in certain quarters just with how he's able to connect with Mobley and Allen with his floater game. And on top of that, his passing has really improved in in the way of not just seeing the floor of oh that guy is open but passing to spaces so that the guy is gonna mm-hmm. be open that's where i see that at the same time league wide that's difficult cuz right now the the cavs are struggling so even though garland's numbers are up i think that he probably won't get it because his he's just not jump the team's not jumping out as much as they were at the beginning of the season
0: Windler, again is getting positive minutes for the Cavs. At this point, should he be in the rotation more?
2: Yes, I completely agree that Windler should be in the rotation more, specifically because of his energy. The offensive rebounding that he is doing and his defensive effort is just tremendous compared to what it was at the beginning of the season, and in comparison, to be frank, to Jetty right now. Jetty... Looks lost on defense at times right now, which shouldn't really be happening because he has has been healthy all season. Where Windler is able to stay with guys better, and is he had a crucial crucial steal against Orlando that helped the team actually you know get the victory. And I thought that style, I think that style of play is what the Cavs need right now. We've talked about how they need defense. And they need higher scoring outputs out of players, but with that defense, there needs to be scrappiness. And Windler is providing that level of scrappiness versus some of the other players on the on the team right now. Conflicted about this one
1: because I obviously I said that I think defense matters most right now and not necessarily scoring, but Windler we'll get you a couple nice threes here and there. Looking at his stats, though, the time that he's been out there playing, he's not providing anything offensively for our team. And that makes me miss Jetty. Mm-hmm. Because if there's anything that I love about Jetty, it's that kind of like infusion of energy and points off the bench. You know, he's a he's a perfect boost to your team when you need it. And I don't know if Windler necessarily gives you that. I think he's more of the, type of player that you can use throughout the game to kind of just manage things a little bit better. Mm -hmm. But Jetty has the potential of getting you leads or winning you games because of his scoring ability. So I wonder, this question's tough for me, actually, because I think that with what's left of the games that we have to play, I'd have to take a closer look at the lineups, at the matchups that we're going to be facing. I wouldn't be shocked if we see Jetty come back. It just Mm -hmm. depends on who who jb can rely on offensively if windler's out there doing a great job defensively but nobody's scoring any buckets then he's got to go to somebody that can come off the bench to make a difference so i think that's where you may see jetty come back
0: the Cavs recently introduced a ring of honor name only one player from our current team that you believe will be a part of this ceremony when they retire
1: I would say that the player that are, that is currently on today's roster that would be in the Ring of Honor is going to be Jared Allen. And it's because I'm still a little bit on the fence. To me, the Ring of Honor may not be as heavy-handed as the best players that ever played for the Cavaliers. It may be more, and you mentioned this just in the, the concept of, of doing this segment, it may be in the more of a vein of like a Zydrunas Ogauskas, who, for me, what a, an absolute franchise must of a player. A guy that is totally selfless, does everything that he is asked to do. And yeah, he had injury issues and never didn't necessarily make his full potential. So, But, but if you're a Cavs fan and you followed what he provided to the team and to the organization, you know how important he was. And to me, I think Jared Allen, whether he turns into a 30 and 15 guy a night and is a mega all star, like maybe he could be. At the very least, I could see him being that glue piece for this team that people love and remember so much that you have to honor him for the fact that without him, we would not be able to to be as successful as we've been. And I think we're seeing that now ever since he's left with his injury. We're nothing of what we were.
2: So So I'm going to pick Evan Mobley, Allen's running mate in the front court. I think Evan is far and away better than we even imagined. And we had extremely high expectations for him when he first came, when he got drafted by the Cavs. And I Mm -hmm. think Mm -hmm. if he keeps doing what he's doing, He will be one of the best players of all time. And obviously, you know, that would mean he'd be one of the best Cavs ever. And I just think that he has so much to grow off. He has so much in his game to grow offensively that he has a chance to actually be a 30 and 15 guy and really scare defenses every night from every level of the of, of that side of the floor. And that's not even mentioning how defensively he's just a freak. You know, he is leading all rookies in blocks right now. And I think that he will be, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a five or six year span where he's leading all players in blocks, just because he knows how to block point guards, shooting yards. He knows how to block one through five, in very efficient ways without fouling and he his upside is tremendous and so that's a lot to put on him but that's what I see out of Evan Mobley is that potential thank you for listening to the Cavaliers Basketball Club
1: podcast let's go Cavs